0: Namaste. This is Maya Tiwari. In Episode 7 today, I'd like to talk about the brilliance of the human genome, our unique DNA, our unique sense of cognitive memory stored in the universal structure and blueprint of its memories. I'd also like to delve in a little bit about what I mean when I talk about cosmic memory. It is a term that I've coined and used for many, many years. And I'd like to define that uh, in more detail for you today, since we are constantly going to be referring to cosmic memory. In order to understand the incomparable unique, infinite wisdom held within the human genome, we need to take a look at the infrastructure of cosmic memory. Now I speak always from the Vedic point of view in which I was trained and born. We experience the creation through both the individual and collective cognition. Each living person has a set of imprints which are compiled from life to life, and that is, we talk about rebirth, birth after birth. Every being has an inherent memory, refined from the beginning of time, so let's call that our karma. The memory of each species has been sustained from the very first of its kind. The chamois wobbles on its lanky legs minutes after its birth. Those memories are sustained from the very first fallow deer. In the Vedas, it is said by the rishis that the human birth is a stupendous feat. We are transformed by the force of fire into beings who live on the breath of air. Before we can stand on two feet, we float in the environment of amniotic fluid like little tadpoles. We emerge, kick, crawl, stand, and finally forget the inherent memory of our origin. It is said in the Vedas that. The memory of all lives is remembered by the embryo at the exact moment that it leaves its watery domain and begins to emerge into the open world. This passage is the biggest transformation the human ever experiences. But gradually we lose cognition of our inheritance and begin to function experientially. And what I mean by that is We are not meant to carry the bulk load of such vast memory while we interface in the experiential world. But it is stored, it is these imprints or some samskaras as they are called, is stored in our greater memory field or in our higher intelligence which is beyond the brain, which is called the buddhi, And here again, it's a term I'd like to get back to because when we talk about the crazed ideas from the power structure of usurping the human genome, of manipulating it, of strategizing it, of transmuting it with other species, uh, genome and memory, then we're talking specifically about convoluting, the convolutions and the unethical manipulations and strategizing of our human, brilliant, incomparable, infinite memories of sentiency, which is consciousness, carried within our buddhi. So, I will explain certain terms as I go along, so bear with me. The Sanskrit character, Samskara, refers to the imprints of all of our karma, from the sing- and it forms the singular identity for each one of us. Every species is a form of remembering because every species carry within it a specific infrastructure of memory. The original human tribes knew the memory of the universe because they observed the wild animals. They lived within Mother Nature. They respected Mother Nature. They succumbed to her wisdom. They surrendered to the earth because they understood that they were guests of the earth, sharing it with all life forms. They knew their nature and sought to discover their memory by competing with the wild animals as part of their living lifestyle, not necessarily just for survival. When they conquered an animal, they believed that they inherited the full recognition of the animal's power and symbol. Essentially, they sought to remember that which was forgotten in, their brilliant, in the brilliant flash of their birth. Well, we experience the creation through both our individual and collective memory and cognition. When in exploring my Cosmic Memory Principle and how Cosmic Memory perpe- perpetuate the universe, I am making reference to the collective timeless memories of all species and life forms in our universe. Each species from the time of its incarnation on the planet is allocated with a specific block of memory from the cosmic blueprint of memory. Let's call it the universal blueprint. All species, however, are influenced by varying degrees by the entire wealth of universal memory, meaning each block. Imagine an infrastructure with blocks in it, sort of like a jigsaw puzzle or a little toy with many blocks. Each block of memory gives shape, size, form and function to its species, as well as it determines the set of behavior, activities, survival skills, what nourishment will feed it, and the purpose in the great schema of the universe's mind, its purpose. For the universe's network to be sustained and thrive in the order of its own creation as it is meant to be, each species is meant to be in a state of poise and relative equanimity, until it becomes naturally extinct and the universal grid no longer needs that set of memories. Now, you may call it my theory, but in fact, I firmly believe that this is the way that the universe works. And from my studies of the Vedas, I can safely say that it refers to Certain aspects of what I am teaching about. Well, why are we going into all of the cosmic memory, cognitive function of our human genome? Because it is being threatened today. Because that is the goal of the superstructure, the goal of Big Pharma, the goal of the top 1% of that pyramid... Because if we can control the human genome, we can control the populations of the world, like toys, robots. And we cannot afford to have that because then we would lose all sense of humanity. A sentiency that took Billions of years to develop into human form. That is what we are needing to safeguard. And whether or not you subscribe to my understanding of cosmic memory and cognitive memory and our function is besides the point. The point here is that we all know that we are sentient beings. That the human species is far more evolved, if we can use that word, or elevated in its consciousness than any other species that we know in our planet. But according to the Vedas, it is the species with the highest degree of sentiency in any planet. Each individual then carries within itself a unique set of memories, which I call cognitive memory. As humans, we become aware of our own personal experience and awareness. And this capacity differs in each individual based on our particular largest or inheritance of our cosmic memories, shaped by prior births and rebirth and thousands and thousands of those births. The human mind processes cosmic memory through its own cognition. As the Vedic rishis inform, the human being is equipped with the phenomenal mental anatomy of a greater mind, which I referred to earlier, called the buddhi. So what exactly is the buddhi? Well, the good news is that the buddhi is something that no amount of scientific Convolutions, manipulation, strategizing can ever erode or in any way affect the buddhi. Certainly, it can affect our mind, our mental functions, our perception, perceptory functions, our physical anatomy, of course, or psychic anatomy as well. But touching the buddhi is like touching the soul. It is cannot be touched no matter how much science feels it's progressed in its detrimental goal. So the good news is that when we are able to access our buddhi, we can effectively learn to develop our personal awareness and travel beyond the realm of Sensory perceptions, beyond the realms of mental doubt, we can decipher misinformation, meaning we become more discerning of the truth in every situation. For this, though, we have to train our buddhi. Meditation is a part of that function. Wholesome activity with nature is a part of that function, a great part of it. Sadhana keeps us in touch, the practice that I've been talking about, where we use our elements within our own being, which is in sync with Mother Nature's elements, and how we traverse the earth so lightly, so beautifully, through a simpler, strengthened sense of self. That's sadhana. The ways that humankind were always meant to tread this universe. So as we reclaim the practices of sadhana, which we teach through Wise Earth School of Ayurveda, and we call it for short Wise Earth Ayurveda, we begin to learn how to train and train our buddhi, that exquisite cognitive factor That is, our greater mind, so to speak. It is incredibly awesome that through the superhuman penetration into the deep mysteries of the universe, the ancient Vedic rishis, gathered a stupendous blueprint for creation and the universal breath which we call prana, as it weaves memory and courses through all the manifested planes of creation. This rhythmic mobility is replicated in distinct and specific ways as this courses as that course through each life, The distinct pattern of prana in each species is entirely dependent on the universal genealogy, a genealogy that I break down as composed of the cosmic memory carried by each species. We share one thing in common, the earthworm and the human and the tree and the clouds and the earth itself and every particle of dust, And that is, prana provides the life force for each living organism. Now, when we're looking at transmuting, we're not looking at it, but when these uh, powers to be, or who consider themselves powers to be, are looking at usurping the very sentiency of humankind. Well, that is something we must all contemplate. First off, we need to know the brilliance, the majesty, the humongous sense of awe that we carry within the mystery of our lives through the buddhi, through a set of cosmic memories that influence and interlace in magical ways, in seamless, seamless structure with all of the world. This is Mother Nature. If we can just sit back, stand back, look up into our own buddhi, into the amazing shakti, shaktified powers of our own sentiency then we will draw closer to understanding what it is that is at risk for humankind, for humanity, and how we can best protect our own self-effulgence, our own self-intelligence, and then altogether, our collective sentiency. This is so very, very important. Profiteering from human despair and disease is the most unethical dharma, unethical karma that we can experience in any period of time. The vaccine process in the United States is regulated by the Center for Biologists' Evaluation and Research of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, a far less standard for testing prior to its application. I do not trust vaccines. And certainly, the human population often becomes the guinea pig of Big Pharma because they stand to make some $7 trillion per year from the coronavirus vaccine, should it become mandated for the world population. Profits by big pharma on vaccines are known, they're documented. According to calculation by Axios, a drug company's, Drug companies make 63% of the total healthcare profits in the United States. And Jerry Posner, the author of Pharma, Greed, Lies, and Poisoning of America, points to another example of private companies making exorbitant profits from drug produced with public funding. The questionable timing of COVID-19 when the big pharma, global pharma, is taking a trashing from the emergent holistic health industries where citizens are have been for the last five decades actually, striving to return to wholesome ways of living. Let let me give you an example of the success of the holistic industry, what I call holistic yoga, tai chi organic foods, yoga alone in the United States in 2018, actually the number of people doing yoga alone today is over 30 million people, practitioners, who are practicing yoga, not necessarily teaching it from tai chi alone it's about 4 million people the statistics show that the revenue from yoga industry alone is over 10 billion dollars in the united states as of 2020 or 2019 organic food sales in the united states is over 50 billion dollars And we continue to grow. The statistics in the world, global market for health clubs, meaning people who are looking to activate their own stamina to to re-enliven their life force, their prana, in the global market of health and fitness club generates over $94 to $100 billion annually. Organic foods worldwide have grown to reach about $270 billion in sales. What are we looking at? We're looking at big pharma having the fears that they are losing ground. And so it is my opinion that they are going to try many different strategies To control the world economy. To control humanity. Of course it all goes together. But my interest from Ayurveda, from the ancient seers and the ancient Vedas, that wisdom is focused more on preserving our humanity. The humanity of our world. And in so doing... We may bless each other. We may live the life intended for each and every human person. We have to simplify. We have to lessen the resources that we use from Mother Nature. And we have to strengthen our knowledge of who we truly are as a human person. Thank you. I leave you with a prayer from the Rig Vedas, a mantra for all disease to be dissolved, for the despair of the mind to be released, so that we can be happy and healthy, all of us, each one of us, including those people who are ignorant enough to try. And manipulate and convolute Mother Nature. Her plan. Om Trambakai Jamehe Sugandhim Pushti Vardhanam Urvaru Kamiva Bandhanan Mrityor Moksia Ma Amrita Ata. Thank you for listening. Peace be your journey.